Hey creepy peeps, it's Nigel Just a Guy coming at you with another episode of Creepy Peepers. This one's a very special tribute and you know what that means, an in-person review with Nigel and Dane. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy today's review because this is a very special one for old Just a Guy, one of my top five favorite movies and one that's sure to surprise you. It's the first film directed by Tim Burton. Today's secret word is adventure. You all know what to do when you hear the secret word, right? That's right. Scream real loud. So you folks at home, anytime you hear Nigel and Dane say adventure, ah, be sure to scream real loud. <laughs> So here we are reviewing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Now, for those of you wondering, peepers, peepers, this is not a scary movie. Well, let me tell you one thing, folks. This may not be your traditional scary movie. However, this was a very important movie to the horror slash macabre genre for one reason, one big fancy reason. This was the directorial debut of filmmaker Tim Burton and his first collaboration with skilled Hollywood composer Danny Elfman. My favorite composer. And many alike. My favorite movie soundtrack is this movie soundtrack. And it's one of the most iconic movie soundtracks of the 80s. And that is because that is all due to one factor. Paul Rubens was such a big fan of Boingo Boingo that he convinced Tim to let Danny Elfman do the score, do the professional musical score. Because I tell you folks, Danny Elfman had not done a big job like this before. He was still with Boingo Boingo. And so Tim went to go see a few concerts. He enjoyed it, and he agreed to let him score Pee-wee's Big Adventure. So without further ado, with that lovely soundtrack... Let's press play and let's get started with another Creepy Peepers Watch Along Review. For those of you who are watching along, we are pressing play right now. Keep in mind, folks, I had never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure before. This is a brand new full viewing for me, and uh, I'm very excited. And if you hear it in the background, sorry. We're not turning it down. We need to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> However, this will just give you a one chance to hear that great soundtrack. Yeah. And the soundtrack's so great, Danny Elfman's credit came, like, right after the title. Absolutely. Actually, this was the movie that skyrocketed his career. This movie was written by Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Vorhall, which, funny enough, they actually took a book about screenwriting, and they used that as their inspiration for this. That's why, if you take a filmmaking class, 
a lot of them will show Pee-wee's Big Adventure because they did it literally by the book. Wow. <laughs> and yes, that is Phil Hartman of SNL fame. Because I will say, I was quite surprised when I found out about this. Then I remembered, as watching Pee-wee's Playhouse as a kid, that Phil Hartman played the titular Captain Carl, a fisherman from the sea, and had also co-wrote the Pee-wee Herman show, which was a stage show in 1981, which was the debut of the character as we know him today. His actual on-screen debut was in Cheech and Chong's next movie, in which he played less of the character and more of the young, struggling comic who then would later don the suit in the movie. So there's a whole little lore there. Some of you may even know Pee-wee from his reboot film in 2016, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> where, where Paul Rubens had extensive plastic surgery. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Definitely quotes. not CGI. Yeah, totally not yeah. de-aging CGI. But yeah, the opening scene starts out, Pee-wee is in La Tour de France, and he has just won the big race. He got first place, they carry him out to the pink Eiffel Tower in the middle of the... The really small pink Eiffel Tower. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone runs, runs away as we hear an alarm clock go off, and it was all just a dream. Because he's Pee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it starts off, uh, he jumps out of bed, and there's a little Easter egg here that I didn't notice actually until very recently. When Pee-wee pulls up his sheets, they all roll back into his bed like a curtain. Oh, that's awesome. Also, uh, he has a Bambi carpet, uh, Godzilla figures, uh, Howdy Doody doll. Uh, he's got all kinds of stuff in his room. All kinds of pop culture references for fans alike. Yeah. He's got the solar system hanging above his bed. What kid did back then? Yeah. A giant dinosaur head. Mr. Potato Head. He's got, he's got all kinds of fun toys. Oh, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse and the whole crew. Ooh, wow. And as he slides wow. down the fire pole, we get an instant transition That's of awesome. him in the suit. And it sets off a major, a major uh, trope in all of these movies. We never, we very rarely do we ever see Pee-wee out of the suit, especially in this movie. In this movie, there is only one scene in the whole movie where he is not in the suit. And it's not even that noticeable. Like, you don't even think about the fact that he's out of the suit for that scene. But any scene where you think he might be, other than in this one scene, he does. He does have it on. You can tell he just has it on under whatever he has uh, in, the, in any other costume that he's wearing. But yeah, right now playing, and I'll, I'll get a, a volume check on this so you guys can hear it. Um, this is the most iconic song in the entire movie soundtrack. It's been referenced and inserted in various other movies, cartoons, and TV shows just because of how con how iconic of a song it is for the soundtrack. I love his bathroom. <laughs> it's great, yeah. It's got all kinds of things in it. It's a very, it's a very nautical-themed bathroom, and yeah. his window is even a fish tank. Or, I guess, 
I don't know. What I, when he looked out his window, it was underwater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've got we've got this whole thing. Basically, right now, Pee Wee he has set up an elaborate Rube Goldberg machine to make breakfast for him and his dog. And Dude, was this the first movie to do the whole like main character wakes up with the elaborate breakfast making yes. machine trope? As as some of you may know, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean also has an elaborate Rube Goldberg wake up machine. <laughs> And now we're going to let you hear some of that soundtrack. Yeah. And right now, Pee-wee has just got a message saying, don't leave the house today, which he clearly disregards. Uh-oh, Pee-wee. Yeah. And as Pee-wee sits down for breakfast, he gets another huge reference. The new, at the time, Mr. T cereal. Yeah. Pee-wee's house uh, is probably what my house is going to look like (laughs) once I uh, become a quote-unquote adult. And as he pours his breakfast, or as he refers to a Mr. Breakfast, which is a pancake, two eggs fries, a strawberry nose, and two pieces of bacon, some Mr. T cereal, this is another, just kind of an interesting thing that I noticed. Pee-wee takes a bite of it, pretends to take a bite of it, takes out his giant fork, takes one bite of it, chews it all the way, and then... Wipes his mouth and he's just done. What all of that elaborate, all of that elaborate machinery? He makes his whole meal, and then he didn't that's even get it. Get to the actual like bacon and egg part. of he it. He didn't need any of it. He just except for the few pieces of Mr. T cereal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then he walks out to the exterior of a different house. Um, to be clear, it's a different house than what is so like different like different real real life location yeah yeah okay it's a house in la which actually you can still find today if you like look it up online i'm not sure exactly like what the address is but you can find it if you literally just look up peewee's house big adventure because it looks like a house the the exterior of the house looks smaller than what the interior kind of looked like yeah which i'm sure was supposed to be like a a thing which which it worked um, but yeah, so we see this house. It's actually an L.A. home. And what? yeah, he waters his lawn. He walks up to the side of his house. <laughs> he punches in on the keypad a few secret numbers. And we get to see another one of the main stars of this movie. That being, after Pee Wee pulls a branch on his uh, backyard tree, his red 1950s Schwinn bike. Wow. With one of the best revealing songs of all time. <laughs> he can't... He couldn't... It was like too shiny. He was, couldn't look at it. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> and one thing you'll notice in this scene 
when we see Pee-wee say, good morning, I'm here to the bike, if you notice one thing, his suit isn't just solid gray. It's got like this sort of almost very, very tightly patterned plaid look on it. Yeah. Which is actually how it looks in anything he's in. But because everything's so like NTSC, you can't see, since it's not in like HD format usually, unless you're on the Blu-rays, you can't usually see that. But if you happen to have the DVD of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, you will notice that, yeah, at any time they have a close-up shot of him, if you have like a high enough quality DVD of it, then it is, in fact, a almost plaid suit. I like the design of the bike. It's it's very, it's not too uh, abstract looking, but it's just enough to stand out, and you know that that's Pee Wee's bike. Absolutely. Know? And if you'll notice, as far as uh, the stylization of how everything looks around Pee Wee's house, you've got a mix of oddly enough Christmas decorations, a sort of a barnyard look with the house, horses in front, <laughs> and fake horses, and just like an overall. Uh, just a very eclectic and eccentric theme. Yeah. He's got the seven dwarves actually on his windowsill. Which I didn't <laughs> yes. notice that before. Um, but yeah. So Basically he goes anything out. Anything a kid would find interesting. Yeah. So he runs into his uh, his local uh, nemesis, Francis Buxton. Who is played by the great? Just kidding, I didn't have his name memorized already. <laughs> you guys thought I did, but I recognize him though. I, I he's in like, other things. Yeah, he's in a few other things. I've definitely seen him in a, in another movie. Yeah, he's he's in a few other things. I I'm sorry that I don't remember his name at this moment, but if you look up Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, this is what he's. This is the biggest thing that he's known from. Really? Yeah, but I have seen him in other stuff, but. He gets into a little uh, little uh, argument here in which this is some of the most iconic lines in the movie. He hits him with an, I know you are, but what am I? Uh, he tells him to listen to reason. Pee-wee holds up his hand to his ear. I'm listening to reason. <laughs> and then after Francis tells him how much he loves a bike and whatever, like, oh, remember when the first time I saw you riding that bike? Pee-wee hits him with an, I love that story. And then he, <laughs> and then he walks away with his bike and he goes for a ride in the park. In which we get another hit from that amazing soundtrack. But so far, Dane, what do you think of this being one of your first viewings of this? This is, um, it's, it's, er, it's very early in all of these people's career. So, um, it's, it's very, it's very, uh, not plain. Because this is obvious. This is far from plain. But um, so far, I think it's just interesting to see that this is good. <laughs> you know, like not like I didn't expect this to be a bad, be a a bad film. But like for their first go around, like big time, it's it's going well so far. But of course it has. It's Pee-wee. What? <laughs> well, they just cut right to him flipping. 
Well, that was actually Pee Wee. He did his own song. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely wasn't stunt double Steve. <laughs> I, it was funny that there wasn't an insert shot of, like, a tiny piece of rock getting caught onto the tire. Yeah. It was just, everything is fine. And then, bam. Yeah. But, yeah, so Pee Wee heads off to uh, the local plaza, you know. He sees all these bikes on the rack, but his bike's too good. His bike is too special. So, he opens up the little side basket, pulls out his Mary Poppins length yeah. chain. <laughs> wow. Oh, and he's he's having such a ball, too. And, you know, he does the classic, you know, oh, look, oh, look how much, oh, you think I'm not, oh, no, no, no. In front um, of a yeah. not real human being. <laughs> yeah, this is a Klein animatronic. It's doing the classic car wash here moves. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he locks it up, makes sure it's safe. And that's great. And one thing that I'll actually say, there's quite a few songs in the Pee-wee's Big Adventure soundtrack that don't make it onto the actual soundtrack album. This being one of them. There's a really great... Is that Elvira right it is. in the top corner? I'm actually surprised you <laughs> noticed that. I didn't notice that the first several times I watched. I actually only found out much later on like uh, IMDb Trivia or something. But yeah, there's a there's a Elvira poster. First wow. thing when he walks into the, the magic shop. The great. Um, but anyway. Ventriloquist doll. Yeah, he's in. The, he's currently in the magic shop and he's looking for new props. But uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the uh, there's a song that that plays as he's walking into the plaza that I think is just really. It's got a really like safe and calm feeling about it. It kind of reminds me of um. Oh, I can't remember what the name of it is on on the Beetlejuice soundtrack, but there's this one that I always think of every time I enter a nice neighborhood. That's like. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's when they're driving. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've got a song that that's Pee Wee's Big Adventures version of it, and it's it's just really calming. I'm sure you'd probably find it if you go on YouTube and look up the specific scene. But uh, yeah, we meet Mario from Mario's Magic Shop. We're just here to give Pee Wee a few gadgets to help him along the journey that he doesn't know he's about to take. Ooh. Um, but yeah. He shows him fake blood. He shows him. Uh, he shows him a shrunken head, a normal sized, and then he just holds up this gigantic head and goes, <laughs> <laughs> which is another one of my favorite bits from this. Um, and he's got the, he's got trick gum. He's got head like glasses, and of course the boomerang bow tie. Pee-wee asks if it comes in red. Of course it does. Pee-wee takes a bye. He tells his bike he'll be right back, waves to the waving clown, and heads into Chuck's Bike-O-Rama. And if you notice, not only is there a clown there, but it's a clown right outside of Chuck's Bike-O-Rama, which, oddly enough, if for anyone who's seen the sequel Big Top Pee-wee, Dan, I know you haven't, but... That whole movie is about Pee-wee owning a barn and a farm, and the circus comes to town, and they join, and it's a, a literal barnyard circus. Huh. But yeah, so the, the movie kind of foreshadows its sequel in the strangest way possible, because at the time, this wasn't like Back to the Future 2. 
where it's like, all right, Doc's going to wear this and this for the entire movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes to the bike shop and we get to see Dottie, who is fixing his horn to make it nice and peewee-like. <laughs> and a couple of the local BMX kids, they uh, tease him a little bit. They're like, we heard Dottie's working on your bike. What are you getting done to it, Peewee? And then Peewee's like, it's real James Bond stuff. Confidential. <laughs> and yeah. So he uh, gives him a bit of a hard time. And there we go. And then we get one of the most iconic lines in Peewee's history. Dottie tries to ask him out to the drive-in. And Peewee says, look, Dottie, I like you. I like, I like you. <laughs> and then Dottie says, well, see, I like you too, Peewee. And Peewee's like, Dottie. There's things about me that you wouldn't understand, <laughs> that you couldn't understand, things that you shouldn't understand. <laughs> Listen, Daddy, I'm a loner, a <laughs> rebel. <laughs> One of the classic lines, I'm sure you've probably heard it quoted, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and so Bibi's just messing with her, but that's what he says. And as he's walking out, you can kind of see him like do a half crack of a smile. <laughs> Uh, it's just real nice, real nice little, uh, little trick. I've never there. seen anyone so joyfully turn down a date. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that nice little uh, joys in there. But, oh no! As Pee Wee heads out of Chuck's Bikerama to see the clown animatronic, his chains are broken. Ooh. And now the clown has a very uh, demonic face. Man. So he walks back into Chuck's Bikerama. And what does he do? But he asks for help. He says, Daddy! Ah! <laughs> and he honks the incredibly loud horn, which it actually hadn't occurred to me until uh, I was watching it a few weeks ago. That, yeah, the whole time he buys the horn, I had never thought before, like, oh, what does it sound like? What does it sound like? But we do get a funny reveal nonetheless. <laughs> and then he uh, lands on one of the bikes, ends up knocking them all down, does a domino of uh, all the bikes. And the creepiest policemen are here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the policeman who tells Pee-wee, like, I'm sorry, kid, but this isn't a medical emergency, and we can't help you find your bike with the EMTs here, or something like, something like that. And then uh, Pee-wee's like, you guys gonna call Dragnet or something? The cop that tells him that it's not that big of a deal, like that after they had come with, like, a whole medical team, is from the show Dragnet from, like, the... Was it 80s, 70s, or 80s? Uh... Well, regardless, he's from the show... Yeah. He's from the show Dragnet. I found that out also uh, a few weeks ago. But, yeah, so... We see someone walk past with what looks like a previous bike, but it turns out he's just hallucinating. It's just a regular red bike. We see some kids roll through on their tricycles. They're red tricycles. We see... <laughs> a unicycle? <laughs> we see some sort of clown. Jeez. We see a five-person bike. We see somebody's remote control. Eric Estrada chips motorcycle. <laughs> chips. <laughs> Pee-wee then does that little horror movie stop in front of window and then look back. And 
Yeah, this, wow. whole, this whole section is just really entertaining. It just shows the gravity of what things Pee Wee holds dear. Yeah. And hey, if I had a bike like that, I'd hold it close too. Absolutely. But we see Sergeant Hunter at the local police department. And one of the fu- another one of the one of the funniest lines in here. And what makes you think that the Soviets are involved? Pee Wee's <laughs> like, well, I just know that some of them. And then she cuts him off. He's like, listen, when did you leave it last? Or like, you know, can you think of anyone who'd wanna who'd wanna take it? And then we think back, Francis. He says that, and then he runs out of the police uh, police station. Does this great transition, honestly, where as yeah. right after he runs out of frame, he runs into frame at Francis's house. It looks like he just simply stepped off right there. Exactly. Uh, so he knocks on the door, and we get a cameo from. Wow. Yeah, Dane's a big James Bond fan. Uh, Francis's butler is none other than. Which which Bond was it? Is that Oddjob from Goldfinger? Yeah. Wow. Goldfinger's I, very own Oddjob. Such a cold totally is him finger. Too. Beckons wow. you to enter Pee Wee's web of sin. <laughs> but don't. There's Goldfinger now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, that's actually cool. I wish, like, this was my. I wish this was my toy situation as a kid. Big pool, big boats. Yeah. How cool would that have been? Uh, one of my favorite bits as a kid. I, I know I keep saying some of my favorite bits, but if I'm being honest, a lot of my favorite bits. Dude, came from Decor this. Central for yeah. Dane. Well, they're rich. The Buxtons are rich. The Buxtons oh. are not thieves. That's one of my dad's <laughs> favorite scenes. When he just sees Pee Wee walk into the water, not even <laughs> swim. <laughs> But yeah, so um, just to break down what sort of happened, we see Oddjob, Pee Wee knocks on the door, uh, Oddjob gets tired of it, so he stops He stops answering, then we hear the door knock one more time, and it's like, I got him now, and it's a, it's a mechanical door knocker. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, Francis is playing oh, in his geez. gigantic pool, which I just realized has even comically large faucets. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So they start fighting because uh, Pee Wee thinks that Francis has his bike. Francis's dad, Francis's dad and um, Oddjob are right in front of the door. And they're like, all right, that's it. We're breaking this door down. So, of course, they send Oddjob to <laughs> break the door down. Uh, and then right as he's about to do it, then Francis opens the door. Uh, Oddjob goes headfirst into the pool. Uh, Francis' dad is like, Pee-wee, Pee-wee, what is happening? Have you lost your mind? And then <laughs> Francis, Francis did is, a hilarious slide. That's what I was laughing at. Yeah. He just, and he just kept sliding. Francis comes out of the, the shower, or not the shower, the, like, bathtub, and he slides clean across the floor. <laughs> uh, uh, with what? no, with no propulsion either. He just gets on the floor and as he makes contact, slides. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, I'm really sorry. It was an honest mistake. Uh, after, uh, Francis' dad confronts him. 
And he's like, well, I think you owe Francis an apology. And I want you two to shake hands. And then Pee-wee says, I'm sorry, Francis. Here, would you care for some gum? And he hands them both some gum. Would you care for some, Mr. Buxton? Oh, spearmint or fruit? Fruit, please. And he hands him the gum. And so they're both chewing gum. I would assume that uh, Francis chose spearmint. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh. And as we know earlier from Mario's Magic Shop, this is, in fact, the trick gum. Because after, uh, after Francis says, like, you do believe me, don't you, Dad? And he's still chewing the gum. Black ink starts to run from his mouth. And Francis's dad is clear getting... I suppose burned, they don't really say, but yeah, it's supposed to be like spicy, and that's why he starts screaming after. Okay, I was wondering what was going on, I was like... (laughs) But yeah, so they go on the, so Dottie and Pee Wee go on the radio to go like, be like, oh, my bike... And so... Do they really have to have elephant tusks? <laughs> well, they're serious? rich. The Buxtons are not thieves. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so after they go on the radio, uh, which is a very nice, very nice vintage radio. I actually have one of those at home. I have one oh, of those yeah. at home. Very nice vintage radio. Um, we find out that, yes, it, it was in fact true. Francis did in fact steal Pee-wee's bike, or at least hired goons to do it for him. And after hearing the news on the radio, that... Uh, they're offering a reward and like huge consequences for whoever stole the bike. Then it's like, oh, okay, you know what? And one more thing that I also didn't notice was that every single person who showed up to that meeting, their bikes are in the front yard. <laughs> every time I watch, I never even noticed the bikes because I was too busy looking at the Christmas lights that are on Phoebe's house. Um, but yeah, that's that's a pretty good joke. Um, and despite a deleted scene that we get, that we get on the DVD copies of this, there's a character in the audience who we don't get to see. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I was trying to hold in a yawn guys, there, but it, yawn. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to hold in a yawn there, but it just it kept breaking through. All right, anyway. There's a character in the audience who we don't get to see in just the regular movie other than in this one scene and that is the amazing Larry (laughs) and so Pee Wee basically goes over every single event that happened that day he shows him the horn one last time in this tight room everyone recoils and he and he tells everyone like oh I bought this pen I bought my new horn at Chuck's Bikerama. And then there's a, there's another great bit here. He's like, I bought this pen just before losing my bike. And then, what's the significance? I don't know. <laughs> and he just sets it down and everyone's like shocked. Um, and then he does the classic Doc Brown move. Full scale model of the entire mall. Yeah. Uh, or mini, or sorry, not full scale model, but a mini scale model of the entire mall. Chuck has got something to say though. He's like, "I've been here three hours now. How long must we wait? What all could this mean?" 
Ooh. And then Pee Wee, of course, snaps. He breaks the breaks his pointer in two, and he says, "What does it mean? What is it supposed to mean?" And he describes that everything here is a mystery. It's a mystery like a sweater. A knitted sweater that people just keep knitting and knitting and knitting <laughs> and knitting. And he just keeps saying and knitting until Dottie stops him. He's like, Pee-wee, Jeez. come on. Pee-wee, I can help you find your bike. Come on, it's not that bad, Pee-wee. Thank you, Pee-wee. Uh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll help you. Oh, was that the uh oh 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 that was the one that I, I showed you early on the special, right? The shaft bit. The shaft bit. They say that Captain Carl's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Oh yes, yes, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, by oh, the way, yeah, down for anyone skid For anyone who is watching uh for anyone who is watching this and wanted to see some peewee action for themselves, feel free, pause this. And go watch the Pee Wee Herman Broadway, or not Broadway, Pee Wee Herman Roxy Theater stage show from 1981. The whole special, currently at the time of recording, is on YouTube. Free to watch. So please, feel free to go watch that. That's, it's a great intro to the series. What? I showed Dane that one first. He just hissed at those guys and they just left. Yep, that's the thing. That's another one of my, one of my favorite bits from this. Pee Wee, he's so distraught. He walks out into the rain. He's down this dark alley. Three guys come over. They're like, oh, we don't take kindly to strangers around here. And people just go, ah. <laughs> and then they all scatter like they've seen a ghost. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, he's down the, the dark alleyways. And he sees Madame Ruby's tarot cards, fortune telling. And he's willing to try anything. So Pee-wee goes inside Madame Ruby's. Let me take your jacket. And then he, he hisses at her again. And for any for anyone who would have watched that, it would have been like, oh, well, why did he do that? Once again, Pee-wee doesn't wear anything other than his suit. If anything, he's better, he's better off with it on than off. Right. But yeah, Madam Ruby is going to help Pee-wee find something. Pee-wee pulls out his change, his money... Those are on the table. And then Madame Ruby takes his wallet, because obviously. <laughs> then turns on her LED crystal ball. And... Doesn't look through. She looks, while looking through Pee-wee's wallet, she puts together, it's a bike. <laughs> so yeah, as you can tell, fortune tellers and tarot readers, they're all real. Um, this movie is yeah. just... By the way, that further enforce that theory. I uh, I will I I will reinforce that theory. Uh, I I I went to a senior all nighter. Uh, and there, uh, very commonplace. There there was a uh, a hypnotist there. Oh, there was really. Yeah, you didn't tell me the story. I didn't tell you this. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, podcast well, exclusive though. Yeah, right. Well, the the uh, hypnotist uh, was probably one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. Really? Yeah. Um, basically, he said, "Now, this only works 
If well, I can I shouldn't get. We're watching Pee Wee. I shouldn't get. The yeah, I was gonna confused. say you're gonna confuse the audience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He was basically like. No, he was there. Pee Wee was there as the hypnotist. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just okay. Pee Wee just stuck on a big thumb, and I thought that was funny. Um. So the the hypnotist guy on stage, he was like, "Now, guys, the only way hypnosis can work is if you just." Let yourself do what I say. And if you... He's trick in the book, too. I know. And what's even worse is he said, if you don't, I'll kick you off stage. And he did. Because there was a... Because he literally... He he picked out people from uh, the the audience on stage to sit in, like, these rows of chairs and basically act. (laughs) And uh, I, I think the theater kids... Uh, we're just rolling in their their Grave. future graves yeah. <laughs> because it's it's so it was so painful for me to watch other people like pretend like that <laughs> and it was four in the morning so not only was it painful but that pain made me angry but hey I got uh, free. Uh, laptop out of it so why not <laughs> that's true yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this this is yeah anyway that's really strange i i, I had i had something i was gonna say i was like tarot reader but I basically i i've come down to accepting the fact that all those kind of people are very clever scam artists Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so here's one thing that we'll say. After Pee Wee goes through all that, he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to find my bike. I'm going to go find it in, where does Radaburby say? The basement of the Alamo. The basement of the Alamo? The basement of the Alamo. That's where Pee Wee's bike is, she says. Okay. So, Pee-wee's on his way to the Alamo. He puts up a sign to Texas, and he hitchhikes. Puts on a big thumb and everything. He's got his bindle sack. What? I hate it when movies do that. That sucks. And Tim Burton's really good at that, too. For those Pee- of you Pee-wee... Who... Well, yeah. For those of you... Yeah. yeah for those say, of you who are watching... Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Pee-wee gets picked up by a guy. Okay, now you can say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pee-wee gets picked up by a guy. Uh, and, and Oh, who's an escaped convict? Yeah, we can see, like, torn, like, er, handcuffs on, or on him. Yeah. And uh, as they're driving down the highway, a, a truck with Pee-wee's bike on it is, like, driving right by them. And Pee-wee is not paying attention. And it's right, it's right there. And it's like, it's, it's, it's just like, oh, if only, if only. And I think that's, that's what makes a... Uh, a lot of Tim Burton's really good is is he's good at making you wish situations turned out uh, better and in a way that's for the character. Absolutely, this is hilarious. But yeah, we've got we've got a really cool scene here in which they're discussing the law, the law, the law. The law! <laughs> and so they come up on a traffic stop where they're looking for Mickey, the convict that Pee Wee's now aiding and abetting. 
And so Pee-wee's like, wait, 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 I've got an idea. And he puts it, he puts on disguise. So does Mickey, the escaped convict. And he flirts with the, he flirts with the police officer to get out of a, a stop. And it works. <laughs> so, yeah, good on Pee-wee. But yeah, it's a real, real nice scene. Really cute scene. Dane really likes it. I really like it. Yeah. I include it in my YouTube Pee Wee Herman tribute. So, yeah. <laughs> but we see Mickey start to warm up to the kid. And it's actually a nice little bit of character development here. From violent yeah. criminal to Pee Wee's friend. From, from soup to nuts. <laughs> it's just... From soup to nuts. It's just a really, really nice scene. I that like this is. car. Until they get on the road and start driving. First, we see a U-turn sign slash like a curvy road. And it's just wild. And then we hear Mickey say like, well, you know, the big house wasn't that bad. You got to take showers. You got to lift weights. That's about it. So, you know, not that bad. And we see Pee-wee get to drive Mickey's car while Mickey is trying to sleep. <laughs> and so, yeah, we get the, like I said, we get the sign gag <laughs> with all these, like, crazy twists and turns, and it's in the pitch black. Oh, Pee-wee geez. just got to guess. Oh, my God. And then we get falling <laughs> rocks. But this one's funny because they're in a convertible, but none of the rocks get in the car. And Pee-wee... What? Drives off a cliff by mistake. He wakes up Mickey and he's like, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. And so he wakes up and they do the cartoon, like classic bit where they're like hugging each other at first. And then <laughs> he comes up with the great idea to put up the, oh. the purple color. Sorry about that, folks. Another huge yawn there, but, um, he puts up the convertible's hood, and it turns into a bit of a parachute type thing. And then they're like, oh, you know. And he's like, out, out. Pee-wee says, it was my fault. And then Mickey tells him, it's not you, kid. I don't want you to get mixed up with me. I'm bad news. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, and I'm a rebel. <laughs> Pee-wee says, deja vu. And then Mickey hits him with an Arrivederci, baby. Real Terminator-style lines. Yeah. And there goes... Mickey. <laughs> Mickey. Yeah, I was going to well, say... I was going to say uh, his, his first travel buddy. Yeah. Oh, what the... And that's when we get a nice laminated scene right here of Pee-wee's eyes just by themselves in the woods... That's crazy. We get a nice little wolf calling sound in the background. Baby says, it's probably just a dog. And he's looking around and he's like, here kitty. Good kitty. And at first he's thinking, oh, maybe this might work. Maybe it's not. Let's find out, maybe. And then as things are all starting to come to a head, he brings out <laughs> Mario's headlight glasses. Also, sorry, folks, if you hear any delay, I'm trying not to spoil it. 
for Dane is this is his right. first watching, so I'm trying not to like make it go out of sync here. So don't worry if you're out of sync if you're doing a watch along review as well. But yeah, he puts on the headlight glasses, only to find out he's surrounded by animals. <laughs> All kinds of weird, like stuffed looking ones too. And here comes a scene I've actually seen. Yes, uh, this one used to scare well anyone as a kid. Y- yeah. Not this so is a pretty well known scene. But honestly, just the the thought of what she was saying was pretty bad. Right. It was the worst wreck she'd ever seen. Ten years ago, on this same stretch of road. <laughs> Which, yeah, seems convenient, but it's really, it's a cute story. Right. About surrealism. And it's just, it's just pretty good. And we learn about this huge crash that sounded like apparently a dumbstruck driving off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's, the driver, wait, what what did he say? The driver's twisted burning body. Oh, out of the wreckage. It looked just like this. And we get our first big Tim Burton-esque claymation, like, monstrosity transformation jump scare. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what. I'm almost kind of glad I didn't see this as a kid. Because, dude, if I would have seen this on my screen, dude, it wouldn't have been my screen anymore. It wouldn't have even been my house. All right? I would have been gone. (laughs) Absolutely. But, yeah, I used to cover my eyes for that scene as a kid. Then I would do it a bit more. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, you know what's creepy too is like, it's like now that the, now, now that that scene is so infamous, it's like whenever you watch the movie and you know what's coming, when that just ominous dark truck pulls up, that's incredible. Also, apparently Paul Rubens cried when he saw this shot for the first time of him walking in front of the dinosaurs and stuff. Yes, right as Large Mars pulls away. And we see the dinosaurs in front of, uh, or we see Pee-wee in front of the dinosaurs. Then it's like, ah, and it allegedly brought Paul Rubens to tears. And we get a nice little bit of folklore here from the truckers telling him, did you say Large Marge sent you? Large Marge is dead. And we get discounted Vagoda to tell them the story as well, so that's a little one for the kids. That's so. crazy. And I never knew this part. This is a brand new factoid for me. I thought the whole Large Marge uh, legacy was just contained in that one scene. Her ghost. <gasps> so that, ex- that explains why she was able to morph. Yeah, transform her face everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's supposedly what her body looked like after the wreckage. And that's Ooh. where we meet this truck stop where Pee-wee is stopped. And uh, he found out about the 10-year anniversary. Was where we meet another Tim Burton fan favorite of Dane's. Yeah. Who we probably forgot even existed. <laughs> it's the Penguin's mom. Yes. Who would play alongside Paul Rubens as the Penguin's dad. In Batman Returns, I when she, as soon as she went on screen, I could tell that was her facial structure and everything. 
She's got a very defined facial structure. Yeah. It's like a huge, like a, all right, not a huge jawline. She's not Quagmire from Family Guy. <laughs> She's just got a very pronounced jawline. He's got to move on. So he grabs his bindle sack, which we hadn't seen in ages. And he starts to go, but he's still got the hairnet on. What are you doing, Pee Wee? You're so <laughs> yeah. crazy. Take your uh, hairnet yeah. off. But regardless, here's what we're going to say before we get back to our Danny Elfman soundtrack moments. Simone asks him to go look at the sunrise with her. And again, he's he's just got done doing dishes because he couldn't pay his tab. And he's still wearing a hairnet. When they go outside, too? Yeah, he just walks out <laughs> that's, with it. That's, that's funny. And then we meet Simone's boyfriend, oh. Andy. But before we get to what happens next, here's... Some fan mail. Hey guys, I just wanted to contribute uh, my own little tribute to Paul Rubens. Uh, he was an incredible artist, uh, someone we were lucky to to be blessed with with his work. Um, you know, I'm a good bit older than you guys. I grew up with the Pee Wee's Playhouse era, Paul Rubens, um, and so many of my like formative memories from when I'm a little kid have to do with sitting there and. And watching him in that big chair and Lawrence Fishburne and everybody is just a huge part of my memories. I actually had nicknamed an uncle uh, Pee-wee. Nobody knew why. I never had an explanation for it. I just one day started calling him Pee-wee. And the nickname stuck almost 40 years later. People call him that. And it's kind of a term of endearment now in my family. Um, he's done so many amazing things. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, all, all the things, all the, the movies and shows that people have been talking about and we're just, like I said, we're honored to have known him and we're honored to have gotten to take, a, take his work into our lives. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? No, that was. That was good. All right. Here we are back with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We last left off. Me and Dane were in the same room. Well, we're not anymore. All right, but don't worry, folks, because Dane's got some great mic quality coming at you live. Dane. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, what a way to show off that great mic quality. <laughs> By screaming into the freaking thing like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, right. Okay. So we left off. Simone's boyfriend has just caught Pee Wee and Simone sitting next to each other. Ah! Oh no! But never fear, Pee-wee's running shoes are here. Because after literally ripping off a giant, I assume ceramic bone off the side of the prehistoric museum sign, Andy chases Pee-wee with this giant bone. Who, Andy being, I want to say seven feet tall, chases yeah. Pee-wee all around the dinosaurs. There's a great like Scooby-Doo-esque chase scene. And uh, Pee-wee escapes by hopping onto a train, nonetheless. And we get another amazing Tim Burton claymation sequence here. We get a full-fledged uh, dinosaur model. It's a dinosaur that's eating Pee-wee's bike as a little miniature version of Pee-wee at first. Watches, and then it cuts to like an actual shot like a high shot of the real Pee-wee 
being like, no, stop. It's just, it's filmed, it's filmed really well. I really like what they did with these scenes. Um, but yeah, we get this scene. He has this, uh, it's, it's got a great, it's got a great soundtrack bit in here too as well, which I'll play for you right now as Dana entertains you with some miscellaneous commentary as I pull up this soundtrack out. Well, my miscellaneous commentary shall include uh, that I, in fact, have never come on to a character quite as heavily as this before. And that's what I've realized in the past couple of days is that I went from knowing zero about Pee Wee to, to falling in love with Pee Wee in the matter of seconds. Okay, so here, thank you, thank you, Dan, for filling that time there. So we didn't have a gap. This is the music. I'm sure you can probably hear it. Can you hear? It? Yeah. Okay. This is the music playing as Andy is chasing Pee Wee throughout the massive open field and the dinosaur statues. Andy then topples over. He falls down, giving Pee Wee just enough time to hop onto a train, be exhausted. Andy breaks this giant bone over his knee. In two, Pee-wee is so worn out. I mean, then again, he did stay up all night. And then he falls asleep on some hay in this train cart. And we just see this nice, calm shot, like war is over. So this is Christmas. <laughs> of the train. Just... Oh, and here it is. Here's that soundtrack that I want to play. Pee-wee's admiring his bike. And then we see a shadow. It's a giant claymation dinosaur. We see this really great high angle shot of Pee Wee. And then every time it cuts to show Pee Wee in the same frame as the claymation dinosaur, they have like a little mini model of him. And the dinosaur is eating his bike and Pee Wee shaking his head. He's like, no, no. And it's, I really, this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. No. Stop. But. Yeah, so Pee-wee wakes up. He's in the train cart. He's like rolling around his head. He's like, no, stop. And somebody taps on his chest. <laughs> it's a local hobo holding a sardine can. Name's John. And Pee-wee shakes his hand, which I wouldn't do. Not because he's a hobo, but because he just ate a slimy sardine. Come on, Pee-wee. Yeah. You don't want to be a Mr. Bungle. Oh, come on, Dane. You know that bit. We just watched the stage show a couple Yeah, of I know that bit. You don't want to be the Mr. Bungle. That's that's from that that uh, that that children's uh, politeness ad that, that's yeah. from the original show from uh, 81. I know Mr. Bungle. Yeah, all right. There you go. I was worried for a second. I'm like, come on, Dane. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no you're good. But anyway, uh, so him and John become fast friends. They start singing songs about I was the sun so hot I froze to death. Susanna, don't you cry? And they're singing like all these songs, and it's this really just fast montage of Pee Wee just getting bored of it immediately. He can't stand it anymore. He literally jumps off the train as it's moving. Uh, but lucky for him, he's in San Antonio, and he can visit the historic Texas Alamo, where he think where he thinks his bike is gonna be. So, he walks into the Alamo, 
and he slides right in with the tour and we are introduced to hope the alamo tour oh shoot wait yeah, her name isn't hope her name is tina why did i think it was hope i think she says hope at one point in the tour maybe maybe that uh her name is tina and she has so much to say about the alamo that's okay. <laughs> um do we have any mexican americans with us tonight Let's all say Buenos Dias. <laughs> it's a great I just heard right? such a wide range of, of accent. Well, that's how she sounds. I've always remembered her character. And Pedro is working on an Adobe. Can we say that together? Adobe. And everyone says, <laughs> Adobe. Anyway. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's this weird Jed Clampett-looking guy who's standing right next to Pee Wee at any given time during the tour. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's just that's just something that's all I've always noticed. Um, just another strange character. Yeah. Also, Tina takes out her gum at the end of the tour for some reason. Like she, she like takes it out like kind of like embarrassed, as if it had like I don't know fallen in some dog poop, and she put it back in her mouth. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Pee-wee Jesus. then asks, aren't we going to see the basement? And Tina says, there's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> and everyone laughs. And this one kid takes a picture of him, and you can tell because it's got the flash on. It's one of the old cameras. Uh, that's my buddy Nathan B's favorite bit. Dane knows <laughs> Nathan B. I only referred to him as Nathan B for the sake of the podcast, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, so... Pee-wee's disappointed. He's sad. He goes and sits down on a bus bench. Uh, And then there's another great scene uh, reminiscent of the truck one in which the bus takes up the full frame. And then as it passes, we see Simone on the left with her two suitcases and Pee-wee sulking on the right. And she notices that Pee-wee runs over to him. Simone! Yeah, so she has a little uh, nice little happy turnaround for her character. She broke up with Andy. They had a big fight. And she's going to Paris. Oh. Yeah. So not so bad. Uh, anyway, so she gets on the bus. She's like, Pee-wee, I know you're going you're gonna to find your bike. I made my dream come true, and so can you. Inspired now. He's like, Simone can do it. So can I. So he runs over to the closest phone booth, and he calls Dottie back in L.A. Uh, and he's like, hello, Dottie. Can you get me a... Can you wire me a bus ticket? I'm pretty sure it's a bus ticket. Yeah, it's a bus ticket. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure there's no planes in this movie. But anyway, uh, not before mentioning, though, that he's calling from Texas, Dottie is reasonably suspicious. Like, eh, there's no way you're in Texas. And he's like, I'll prove it to you, Daddy. I'll prove it. The stars at night are big and bright. And, and while holding the phone out, people just... Yeah, it's everyone's in cowboy hats. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> and they just keep on walking. One of the best bits in this movie. I love this bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And then... Uh, that... Go on. And then, but I like how... 
she's about to hang up on him. Right after that happens, she's like, oh, whatever. And then he's like, don't hang up, don't hang up. I've, I've always been confused by that. Like, what? What did you say? <laughs> oh, he's he's in Texas, but he's just messing around. Like, what? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Dottie wires him a, a ticket. But she's like, all right, Pee Wee. We can settle up at the drive-in. And so Pee Wee does the classic, what? What? I couldn't hear that last part, Dottie. Thank you. Hang on. <laughs> hey, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, as he's like walking away from the phone booth, he goes up to get the ticket. And there's this really great reveal shot. It's like three like people, just like regular like adult men, just standing in line at the ticket booth. And so Pee Wee goes and stands in line. And then out of like the 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 body shape of one of the other guys comes like emerges uh Andy and it's just oh. like a perfect reveal because they didn't need an effect. It just happened to look so perfect. And so Pee-wee starts running and he takes off and he makes it over to this rodeo. He makes it over to this rodeo, he jumps in a trailer. He changes into a costume so Andy won't notice him. And he comes out. And this is one of the, I can't remember if I, I might have just told you. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not. Like I said, it's been a couple of days since our last part. But he's wearing the suit. Under all this garb, you can still tell he's wearing the suit underneath. And Um, he always does this. Any costume, anything other than his suit you see Pee Wee wear, the suit is always underneath whatever he's wearing. Yeah. Something I've just need to accept now. (laughs) Well, absolutely. This is one of the only characters where, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There have been times in Pee Wee history in which he's not wearing the suit. You even know one of them, Dan, at the end of the 1981 special. That right, where he's, uh, he's flying. Yeah. He's the luckiest boy in the world. His wish to fly had come true. Has come true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout, shout out Tyson for that one. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, classic Tyson reference. Just like old times, eh, folks? All right. Anyway. Point yeah. is. <laughs> you know who that is. Uh, we referenced him on the show. I think we referenced him in episode one. Really? Yeah. We were like Tyson something. Uh, I think. Tyson Parts. Wait. I didn't say that. Shh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, what? Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Pee Wee in the suit gets picked up by two cowpokes and they're like, all right, so it's time for you to get it. And he, he ends up on this bucking bronco and he gets thrown all around. He's like, ah, ah, and he starts doing the Pee Wee yell, which draws Andy's attention. He's like, hey, that's him. So he hops oh, the no. fence. He goes into the rodeo ring, but Andy's wearing a red shirt and he's a big dude. This bull comes charging at him. <laughs> so Andy jumps out of the ring. The bull jumps to the fence and they're gone. They're they're running to this day. They're still running. To this day. Uh, but yeah, uh, Pee Wee gets bucked off the, the bull and he... And he's like, oh, he's like knocked out for a second. And this guy, 
the guy who wakes him up, whose side profile looks just like Hal Holbrook from Grease Show, <laughs> is like, do you remember your name, son? I don't remember. You remember where you're from? I don't remember. Well, what day do you remember? I remember the Alamo. And then everyone around him, woo, they like throw up their hats and everything. <laughs> There's some great Texas jokes in this. Um, so yeah, and then we get to one of the most iconic scenes. If you don't, even if you don't know Pee Wee, you know this scene. Right. Pee Wee stumbles upon a biker bar. He walks in, everyone's having a good time. They don't really notice him. Uh, Pee Wee puts some coins into the telephone. He picks up the, he picks up the telephone line and he puts it up to his Ooh. ear. Nice. And, yeah, that reference. Um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and so Dane's a big ELO fan, by the way. Sorry, folks. I know that came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Pee Wee puts the phone up to his ear. He's like, what? What? Hang on. And he looks at everyone in the biker bar and just goes, shh, I'm trying to use the phone. <laughs> and they all just stop. <laughs> they stop in their tracks. And they just look right at him. And like I said, if you don't, some Impractical Jokers fans, you might know this bit because Sal, that's one of one of his bits. Joe tells Sal to do this bit. So you can look up the clip online, but uh, this was uh, just one place where I know that that was referenced. But that's not the big part. This is the big part. But uh, this is also another great bit coming up right here. I know I keep saying they're great bits, but I'm not describing anything. But one of the biker guys goes to Pee Wee, he's like, didn't anybody tell you this is a private club of the Satan's Helpers biker gang? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite. I didn't remember that until I until I rewatched this movie a, a couple weeks ago. Satan's Helpers. That's too good. Like, yeah. They they really earned that one. As if he was like, <laughs> oh, nobody hit me to that information, dude. Well, I guess I'll be on my way. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, and they they do like it. We think that the situation is diffused. They they kind of part the Red Seas for Pee Wee. He slowly makes his way out of the door, and they they don't give him much trouble. But similar to what happened in Chuck's bike shop, but accidental this time, Pee Wee bumps the side of one of their motorcycles. And like dominoes, they all go down. <laughs> and this is the one time in Pee Wee Herman history in which he genuinely almost cries. We cut back to Pee Wee and he just... <laughs> and we just hear everyone come out. They start screaming. They grab him, pull him back in the bar, pin him down on the table. And he's like, I barely touched him. And then... <laughs> I exactly. We get this scene. He's like, I say we kill him. Yeah. I say we oh. hang him. Yeah. I say we stab him. Yeah. Some guy comes up. I say we hang him. We stab him. Then we tattoo him. And then we kill him. And then <laughs> it's Cassandra Peterson. Yeah. movies. Sandra Peterson makes her way through the crowd. She's like, I say you let me take care of him first. Yeah. 
Now, for yeah. any Elvira fans or anyone just in general who knows of Cassandra Peterson, her most popular character is Elvira, a character just like Pee Wee Herman who was made in the Groundlings. Paul Rubens and Cassandra Peterson in real life are very good friends. They've talked about each other a lot on podcasts and everything. Um, Pee Wee's even guest star on Elvira quite a few times. Um, I know that he guest starred on her show at least once and times they've both been on talk shows together because they're in life they are very good friends and so this was an awesome cameo um and so Wee says how our great tv characters can collide <laughs> absolutely i genuinely if i i would have genuinely loved to have seen this be something i'm sure if they could have gotten away with it because i was trying to think about this if they could have gotten away with it, which maybe they could, it's hard to say, but maybe they could have easily had Elvira guest star on Pee Wee's Playhouse at some point. You you think so, or because or, Elvira, yeah, I guess had more in, of an adult TV like time, you know. We talk about Dave, perfectly kid friendly character, no. <laughs> No, okay. no, no. Sure. no, no, but there was a, uh, well, th- that's the thing. It, everyone, like, is, uh, that's what I was saying. I was like, well, the suit could have been. But then again, she had at one, she had at one point, even on her own actual show, toned down the suit at one point because people complained. And so oh. I, something along that lines, I think, could have worked. Because the Elvira character by herself isn't, like, inappropriate. She's not swearing. She's not... Uh, she just happens right. to be, yeah. Point is, it's it's cute that they're friends. Yeah. But anyways, Pee Wee asked for one last request, and they're like, all right, all right, fine. Also, what a great trope. In every movie, they always do this. All right, you do, we know that you just caused weapons of mass destruction to be sold all over the world, but we'll give you one last request. <laughs> right. So also, I think every road trip movie or every like character goes on an adventure across the state, uh, not the state, the the country, they always have this tough biker gang bar scene in it. Well, they got it. Representation. Right. <laughs> Representation. Yeah. Well, how, remember the you, SpongeBob you know how many times me and you have walked into biker bars? Uh, yeah, totally. We're the toughest gang around. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with the curry pee peepers. <laughs> the, the curry pee peepers? <laughs> <laughs> We're eating curry. We're the curry pee peepers. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Pee Wee gets his. And we get a bit that he had actually done way before this movie. He came up with this bit. The dance is actually, we've seen it as early as the Pee Wee Herman show. During the musical salute, he busts out this move. Um, he'd done it a couple times on Letterman. And, yes. and I watch a get... lot of uh, Pee Wee and Letterman clips. Oh, I've ever since... Not the whole collection yet, but I've watched a lot of clips ever since me and Nigel went on our peewee research craze. Yeah, I was actually going to say, the, the clip you texted me about the other day, uh, you texted me about the Doctor Who clip. I watched right. that earlier today. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I watched that one. I That's told, the desk drive one. 
it was funny because I texted you. I was like, oh, my God, Pee Wee just said he likes Doctor Who. And then I played the video more, and then I realized, oh, no, it was just something inside. Oh, it was yeah. cool, though, that it was there. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Dane's uh, also a Doctor Who fan, folks. Oh, Why am yeah, I talking yeah. in first person? <laughs> no, 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 no. The Karibi Peevers will have to do a Weeping Angel special or Cyborg <gasps> special at some point. Ooh, that's a good idea. No, no, no. No, wait, even better. At some point, we'll talk about that one that me and you have talked about. Waters of Mars. Oh, that's yes. That's a bad one. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, Perfect. that was one of the scariest. Like, as a kid, I was like, wow, this is wild. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, back to the movie. Uh, we we see Pee-wee. He walks over to this local busboy. I, oh, why did I say local? <laughs> he, he walks down the street. Like, no. <laughs> he, he walks over to the busboy. He's over by the jukebox. And he's like, can I see those for a second? And he's like, yeah. And they do this great, like, sight gag where... The minute that the busboy takes off his shoes, he's now like a foot shorter. <laughs> um, so he puts on these these like high platform shoes, and he starts doing this like awesome move. That's like the classic Pee Wee Herman, where it's like a I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he uh, he puts his fist together in front of him, his fist his fists together behind him. Like rapidly while like lunging, it's just I. You'd have to just see the scene. You just have to see it. Yeah. In order That's to get why, it, you can even be able to do it. Yeah. Most most likely, most likely, you've seen this scene at some point. The clip on YouTube of just this has 14 million views. You've probably seen it. Right. Um. Does this and this is another Letterman bit. He's like break dance, and he starts breaking plates on the floor. And the bikers are like, yeah. And I got to hand it to Paul Rubens here. He was 33, which isn't that old. But, like, this is still any time I see him play. He played Pee Wee, like, regularly until he was 39. So, like, this this is just wild. I mean, this is a riot. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the bikers are like, hey, yeah, this is all right. Yeah, this guy's cool, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 give him a, a vest and everything. They're like, <laughs> thanks a lot, dudes. And the one guy who says, and we tattoo him, and we hang him, he's like, I hope you find your bike, man. And they give him one of the bikes, uh, which my dad pointed out an interesting question. He was like, so who's going home without a bike tonight? Because I mean, it's a good point. <laughs> right. Like they they all drove there, but anyway. Um, so Pee Wee takes off on this motorcycle, and we get an actually an homage to the to earlier in the movie, which I hadn't thought about also until about two weeks ago when I was rewatching this. He crashes into the the Apache Bar sign, and he like falls off the bike and everything. I forgot that he had done that at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. So we see another great side gag of the ambulance and it's getting a motorcycle escort. Like all the, all the Satan's helpers are riding like beside the, <laughs> the ambulance. And we cut to Pee Wee in the hospital again, still wearing the suit underneath the hospital gown. As you'll notice, it's hard. It's blinking. You miss it, but you do notice it if you if you're really paying attention. Um, and we get another great Tim Burton scene 
one that genuinely like this one scared me as a kid. Really? These clowns come out of an ambulance. Oh yeah. The bike's all smashed up. They pick up all the parts, they put it in the ambulance. Uh this sounds a great soundtrack bit, by the way, too. I gotta I gotta put the soundtrack on and do this. But uh they pick up the piece of the bike and they at first they bring it through this hallway which has a bunch of doorways in it. No doors, but a doorway, like doorways. And like what? a checkered floor and a pitch black background. Uh, wow. And it's it's wild. It's wild. Um, and they start operating on the bike. Can you hear the music, Dane, by the way? Uh, no, I cannot. Oh, you can't? Yeah. Is it coming uh, through now? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they, they run it through, they run the bike on a stretcher through all these doorways, and I was like, wow, like this is crazy. And they start operating on it, and Pee-wee's in the operating room watching all this happen. At first, they have this, like, I guess welder or something, and they're trying to, like, weld it back <laughs> together, and the doctor who's wearing, like, a full face mask, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. He pulls out his mask. He's got clown makeup on underneath, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, jeez!" And then it's, he pulls a chain. This giant like arcade claw comes down, picks up the bike, holds it over a cauldron, and we see Francis as the devil holding pitchforks as other oh, little uh, good lord type characters are like. Stabbing pitchforks at this giant cauldron. Francis standing there, and he's like, "No!" And flames shoot out of the cauldron onto the bike. Francis again, "No!" And the <laughs> flames shoot out, and he's just laughing at Pee Wee. Good lord! And yeah. folks, I've never been one of those people uh, afraid of clowns before. Clowns was never a fear of mine. However, I will agree that these ones are very creepy. Yeah, this one got me as a kid. I also wasn't afraid of clowns. And, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure got me on this one. Uh, but we're finally <laughs> starting to turn a corner. Because, at this time, Pee-wee wakes up from this bad dream and sees none other than his bike on the TV. It's being used at the Warner Brothers Studios. Oh, which he literally just, and I never thought about this until just now, walks to. Like, we don't even see it happen. He just walks in the frame <laughs> already there. I never yeah. thought about the fact that he was in Texas as of literally an hour ago. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. It's a cartoon, folks. Yeah. <laughs> May as well be, honestly. Um, but yeah, so he's walking through the studio. He's looking at all these uh, actors, costumes, yeah, and he loves it. And to be honest, it's a it's a nice little wraparound. You know, it's not bad. Um, and we get a cameo from a couple people who would make it into Pee Wee's Playhouse, and we're also on the Pee Wee Herman show. Guy lifts up his helmet. It's John Paragon, John B. the Genie. Whoa! And they do this great bit where uh, Pee Wee asks, like. Do you know where it is? Sorry, I can't remember, folks. The quote <laughs> word for word, but anyway, 
he asks he asks where something is. John Paragon lifts up his helmet and he's like, Oh gee, uh, I don't know. Uh, Sheila, do you know where this is? And then Sheila's like, Yeah, it's over by the it's it's a it's a it's like uh, the Beetlejuice, throw your voice. You think it's gonna be the the guy voice coming out of the guy, but it comes out of the girl, and it's just it's a pretty good bit for just being like a one off. Uh, but yeah, Pee Wee finds the set where his bike is being used, and we get the second cameo. It's Missy Vaughn playing. Oh wow! And she's mad at this child actor. It's the kid from oh, what was that show? What was the show with Fred Savage? Growing pains, right? No, no, that was Kirk Cameron. Uh, Wonder Years, Wonder Years. It's the kid from Wonder Years. Um, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it's the kid from Wonder Years. Anyway, kid from Wonder Years. Can't remember who he played. Never saw the show. Just know that he was on the show. I think. All right, I, I don't don't quote me. All right, don't quote me, beepers. Okay. The point is though. I know this kid. Maybe just from the... All right. Point is, point is. Uh, he's like, you think I'm ready? I'm ready. I've been ready since take one. Action. <laughs> um, and the nun tells him, oh, Rusty, you've sold plenty of magazine subscriptions to earn, to earn that bike. We couldn't possibly take it as a donation. Oh, Rusty. You are an inspiration to us all. And Pee-wee, who is now dressed as a nun, says, <laughs> I'll say, in fact, I'm going to start a paper route right now. And he just he takes off. off screen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which this leads to one of the most massive scenes in the movie. Dan, I'm going to give you a second to pull up the... the... Oh, I have it. Oh, I you have it? it? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Pee Wee just ran into. Well, he just ran into two elephants who were pink and blue. Okay. I want to. I want to. We can literally. We can do a double watch along. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Okay. The the elephants just. (laughs) Tell me when you're ready to go. I'm. I'm good. All right. Three, two, one. Play. Okay. Pee Wee's riding his bike. The security guys come out. They all unplug their golf carts like this awesome action movie. (laughs) (laughs) They start riding through. Uh, One guy gets on a bike. And Pee Wee comes around the, the edge of this the edge of this corner. And we get this this really cool awesome chase part right here where at first, he's just slapping this guy's hand away because he's trying to grab the handle of the bike. He Stop grabs it. the the handle, pops off. Another handle comes out of where the handle was. <laughs> I guess that was the real James Bond stuff that Dottie was yeah. doing to the bike. Um, and fun fact, folks, while all this is happening, for anyone who's seen the movie and remembers from Mario's Magic Shop, he got Pee Wee got the headlight glasses, the trick gum, and the boomerang bow tie. Oh, the boomerang bow tie is on this DVD. The DVD copy that I have 
has the lead scene in which that was going to be used. In this chase scene, Pee Wee goes into this old west town, and we get this like gunslinger moment in which Pee Wee throws the boomerang bow tie, it distracts the guards, and he's able to go on with the chase. Now, I know why it was cut. It was cut just because I assumed they wanted to keep up the energy, and so they just cut the chase together, so it was just all like one continuous chase. They didn't want to have a, a like a stop. stop. Yeah. Right. They didn't, they didn't want to have a stop in there. So I, I get it, but at the same time, the boomerang bow tie scene, if you have seen it, and if you, you don't have the DVD, don't worry. You can find the scene on YouTube. It's not a bad scene. I think they could have left it in, to be honest. But hmm. anyway, regardless... Still a great chase scene. We see Pee Wee riding movie sets, starting with a surf scene. A guy gets into a boat and drives it out of the set with two people attached to it. Uh, oh, what do you call it? Water skiing. <laughs> uh, then Pee Wee, he goes through this Christmas village. It's uh, dancing gingerbread men. Pulling these two water skiers with the boat. Why haven't they let go yet? Oh, they just did into a snowbank. All right. And then here comes Santa's sleigh following the boat car that's following <laughs> Pee Wee that ate the cat that ate the rat that lived in the house that Pee Wee built. <laughs> and then here's a good one for Dane. We get Godzilla. Yeah. Pee Wee rides through Godzilla and. And this is actually what a Godzilla movie would look like, folks. Don't the movie isn't trying to pull your leg here. <laughs> no, 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 no. And the, and that's a. I was watching this movie with Nathan, and he told me what the three-headed monster that Godzilla is fighting. Oh yeah, King Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, King Ghidorah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Godzilla lands in Santa's sleigh. Uh, one of the Asian guys who's uh, controlling the King Ghidorah puppet gets pulled like 50 feet in the air and we just have this great great chase going on because it's it's just That's so awesome. much going on and then right when you thought it couldn't get any better twisted sister show up oh my god twisted sister show up uh don't it's an awesome car no evil and we just see this whole scene going on and all of a sudden, Pee Wee comes through. He's got all these, all these cars. He's got Godzilla. He's got Santa Claus. He's got the boat, a boat car, <laughs> the cowboy, and he's able to steer clear. He's able to steer clear of the, the car because he's, you know, he's the one setting all these traps. So yeah. he, he gets uh, nails. He's got nails coming out. They get, they get tripped up, and then we get Pee Wee swinging on a vine, doing the classic Tarzan yell. While straddling the bike in his legs, which is just awesome, but then one of the one of the guards tries it and just immediately fails. But the funny part is, he also does the yell. <laughs> exactly. And Pee Wee somehow jumps a ten foot hedge, but let's not nitpick because uh, we get this just great ET esque scene of Pee Wee. Flying in the air, yeah, just rocketing it, rocketing it right up. Oh, look at that! Look at that blue screen. Yeah, I was gonna say that that blue screen. Um, he lands in the suburb. Kid says radical. Pee Wee gives him a thumbs up, which is just what a, what an eighties moment right there. You could have used that yeah. in like a toy commercial. That's too good. Uh, but oh no, 
Pee-wee comes across a pet shop that's on fire. So he opens up the door and it's fully ablaze. There's smoke and everything. Pee-wee's got to save the animals. At first he sees the snakes and he's like, ugh. And then he goes (laughs) and he unlocks a monkey cage and he's like, here, you can help me. And so the monkey and Pee-wee, they all open up these crates. They open up the, the dog crates. They get the puppies out. They get the cats out. They get the fish out. Uh, they get the birds out. They get all the animals out. And then right as Pee-wee's opening up, and right as Pee-wee grabs the snakes and he comes out, he's screaming, ah! He passes out <laughs> on the floor just as the firefighters show up. And fun fact, and I didn't know this until recently, Paul Rubens is actually scared of snakes. That was only half acting there. And oh, that my. I just find so funny and so perfect at the same time, too. Uh, but the, the firefighters come across and they're like, kid, are you okay? And he's like, there's still a few fish left inside. <laughs> and then he he's down. He's That's the end of Pee Wee Herman. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Pee Wee's death. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mr. Herb. No. Uh, but no, no, he's all right. He just got a little smoke in his lungs. But anyway, he saves the animals. Uh, the firefighters come over. They're like, hey, kid, you okay? He says there's a few fish left inside. And then the firefighter says, this boy's a hero. The police officer says, this boy's under arrest. And then we cut <laughs> Kiwi in the film studio office watching the tapes of all the destruction he's caused on these movie sets. And he's disappointed. He's like, oh, man. All he wanted was his bike. But lucky for him, this interests the uh, head of Warner Brothers Studios. And also, I I will admit, I like that they they stuck to their guns. They actually, like, used footage. They used footage of, uh, like, what was actually going on on the set. One thing that I, and this is a nitpick for a second, but I gotta be honest. When movies try to do that thing where they're like, all right, we gotta pull up footage of what this guy was doing just then. Uh, No one's gonna care if it's at another angle from a camera that couldn't have been recording at the time. Exactly. Like, no, they actually, like, did it on this. Movies do that so much. And I, I hate it every time because it's like you couldn't have just like reshot the scene as if it was a security camera. No, you had to pull the exact same footage from the scene before. Exactly. Like it's just it's just really lazy. But anyway, Terry Hawthorne, head of Warner Brothers, is like, please call me Terry. Warner Brothers is interested in your story. And he's like, really? A movie? And. Somebody comes in. It's Dottie with his bike. And at first, Dottie thinks he thinks that uh, Pee Wee's gonna give her a hug, but he runs over to the bike and gives it a hug. Uh, <laughs> but then he does have a little bit of nice. He's like Dottie, and then Dottie like <laughs> Dottie like leans in like halfway for a kiss, and Pee Wee kind of like ugh. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, uh, yeah, Terry Hawthorne, he's like, do we have a deal? He's like, yeah, deal. And it's the big reveal, the drive-in theater. World premiere tonight, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Show starts at 7 o'clock. 
Wow. And we get this great little recap here in which Pee Wee walks through all of the characters that we've seen so far in the movie. Uh, we get a nice little shot really quick of the movie screen as one of the, you know, like, let's all go to the lobby, like one of those types of ads are playing. Yeah. And at first, Pee Wee goes over to Terry, gives him a chili dog. He laughs at the fact that Terry just called him a babe. That's the showbiz talk. You know that. Uh, meets up with John and all his other hobo friends, all sitting on wooden crates with a bonfire in the middle of this drive-in theater. Uh, hands them their uh, refreshments and concessions, if you will. And this is awesome. I really like the way they incorporated WB into this. Because since it's a WB film, they were able to use the WB logo in this fake movie that they make, in which James Brolin is playing Pee Wee, and Morgan Fairchild is playing Dottie. <laughs> and Pee Wee's bike is the X1 red motorcycle extraordinaire CIA. Anyway. That's hilarious. So, movie Pee Wee beats up a bunch of ninjas with Morgan Fairchild. And this one, I will admit, although this is supposed to be fake, there's only one scene that's kind of like, all right, and it's one in which James Brolin goes to like karate chop this one guy and he gets nowhere near him, but he still <laughs> takes the fall. And I'm sure I'm sure they probably did this for the movie, but like I've seen way too many movies in which they have done bits like this, and it's like, all right, all right. But anyway, he, he walks up to Mickey's prison bus, which is also at the drive-in movie theater, and he's like here you go, Mickey. One foot long. It's a file. <laughs> he hands him a file. And uh, the guard nice. next to him is like, wait a minute. Takes the file out. Mickey's like, nice try, Pee Wee. Uh, and he, he's like, oh, here's my big scene. And it's Pee Wee cameoing in the James Brolin Pee Wee movie as a bellhop. And <laughs> He's like, and James Brolin asks, any messages? Pee-wee's like, not now, Mr. Herman. <laughs> and it's like a dubbed over, like, deep voice. I was That's hilarious. I used, I used to quote uh, a line that's coming up a little later, too. I'll, I'll let you know which one. I just don't want to spoil it too soon. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he goes over to Simone and uh, her new boyfriend. And he's like, here, Simone, I brought you French fries. And they're like, oh, Pee-wee, merci beaucoup. And then uh, Pee-wee is like, merci beaucoup. And that's <laughs> a nice little childhood charm here. And he goes over to the bikers. He's like, candy. He throws a candy at him. Uh, and it's like, check it out, guys. My big scene's coming up. He looks over at the screen. Mr. Herman, paging Mr. Herman, you have a phone call at the front desk. But I love how in-universe it's supposed to be that Pee-wee's either a nervous actor or a bad actor. But <laughs> right, because movie Pee-wee looks right into the camera, <laughs> like nervously, <laughs> like in between, like shouting. Yeah. 
uh, that's the line, by the way. That I and he just awkwardly to. stands there too. Yeah, while uh, James Brolin and Morgan Fairchild are talking. Yeah. Uh, so he goes over to uh, Dottie, and Dottie's like, "How's it going, PW?" And I love that. I love the the fact that he's called PW Herman in this. Um, <laughs> I've named plenty of streaming streaming service accounts P PW Herman because of it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's funny. He gives, he gives Dottie some candy, and then here we go. First of all, cameo by Phil Hartman, who co-wrote the movie, and you may know of SNL fame. Yes, and Captain Carl from the original show. Yes, bam, Dan, you got that one. All right. Uh, yeah, Captain Carl from both Pee-wee's Playhouse and uh, the Pee-wee Herman show, 1981. Um, playing in this one, not Captain Coral, but Coral. Captain Carl, <laughs> but a news reporter asking Francis, as other news reporters are also doing, about his connection to Pee-wee. And he is just eating up that fam. Oh, yeah. And he's like, is it true you taught Pee-wee how to ride the bike? Yes. I was. I remember the day I took off his training reels. <laughs> anyway, too good. And he's all slicked back. Exactly. He's all puffed up. Yeah. And he hear himself like, <laughs> he, uh, oh, what do they say? Oh, oh, they're like, uh, he says, uh, why don't you get a shot of me sitting on the bike? Wouldn't that be good? Pee-wee. And Dottie's like, that's idea, Francis. Francis looks over at Dottie. I don't think that's your decision. <laughs> If it wasn't for me, then this would have happened to you. Right, Pee-wee? Well, sort of. Then it's okay if I sit on it. Right, Pee-wee? Pee-wee has to think for a moment. Then he remembers those James Bond things that Dottie did to his bike. Well... That's great. Okay. He lets Francis sit on the bike. And then, to his own doing, Francis presses a button on the bike that launches him 50 feet in the air. With this great uh, little shadow <laughs> cartoon guy that goes across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I can only assume that Francis is dead, canonically, within the Pee-wee universe. We never see his character again, so it's entirely possible he just died. Wow, Pee-wee is a murderer. Hey, not inherently. Francis did that himself. He pressed the button himself. That's true, actually. You're right. But anyway. Dottie and Pee-wee ride off into the not-so-sunset as they exit the movie and they drive and they drive, ride their bikes past the movie screen and Dottie asks Pee-wee, don't you want to see the rest? Pee Wee says, I don't have to see it. I lived it. And they go <laughs> past the screen. And it's just a really, a really sweet and nice little cap off to the movie. Yeah. It's, it's just, it feels good. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's been Pee Wee's big adventure. And, oh, 
I didn't know this. John Moody, Mailman Mike from uh, the Pee Wee Herman show, plays oh. the bus clerk. And for anyone who doesn't know Mailman Mike, he's this jerk. Yeah, who he I don't jerk. like because yeah. he teaches kids that it's okay to steal people's mail. I know it's a bit, but because Pee Wee has always relatively stood for like good things, and because Pee Wee even argues with them that it's not morally correct. I don't know. It's just, it's a stray. He's just even, a weird, even, even Captain just a Carl. strange character. Yeah, even even Captain Carl with his quote-unquote cough medicine, which is actually booze, even he's right. telling kids to wash their hands. Yeah, man, Mike's over here. All right, time to take my three-hour break. Time to steal people's cookies. <laughs> Very funny, mailman, Mike. Yeah. But anyway, regardless, though, that's been Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Dane, what's your skull rating? My skull rating for this movie is because this movie uh, is is a one of a kind and a classic for a reason. It's a classic one of a kind comedy, and it's got so many uh, great moments and and also great cinematography in general and good uh, Tim Burtony moments and colors, and it's it's perfect. I couldn't agree more. I'm also going to give this one a 10 out of 10 skull rating. Not just because it's one of my top five favorite movies, but also the little hidden bits and the cameos and just the secrets, the secret like Easter eggs in it and throughout and the way that this like skyrocketed so many careers. Um, It skyrocketed Danny Elfman, skyrocketed uh, Tim Burton. It led to the creation of Pee Wee's Playhouse, which skyrocketed. Devo, Devo artist Mark Mothersbaugh, who did the, uh, who who did the uh, like transitional music for the Pee Wee's Playhouse TV show, right? It, and Natasha Leone. Yeah, Natasha Leone got her first job on Pee Wee's Playhouse. She was a child actor on it. She played one of the kids. She was only six yeah. years old. I love Natasha Leone, folks. This was this was just a great all around, just just a just a great all around movie. Great great family comedy, and it holds up. Most of all, it holds up. It does hold up, and Pee Wee's history too is actually fascinating as well. Absolutely, and peepers, if you have time after this podcast, I'd recommend go 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 watch go watch some Pee Wee. Go watch some Pee-wee. Yeah. Go watch a documentary about Pee-wee. Either watch way. With Pee-wee, too. Watch the original 81 stage show. That's on YouTube, the full thing. Yeah, the 81 stage show is a riot. It's great. Yeah. It's got the uh, uh, the musical salute, which I showed Dan. Well, I showed him the whole special. But, but it's it's just it's got a lot of great stuff in it. I think it's a it's a great character. He still holds up, which is rare. A lot of 80s movies these days, even, they don't even some of the ones that are classics, don't hold right. up as well as you think they do. Exactly. But this one, this this one's one for the history books. Criterion. Creep, Creepterion. If we have our <laughs> own creep, uh, Criterion collection, it's the Creepterion. This is, this is going in. Yeah, this is definitely going on the Creepteria along with Creepshow. <laughs> Absolutely. Creepshow, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 
Beetlejuice. Yeah. Definitely. Ghostbusters. Well, you know. 100%. This was a 10 out of 10. But regardless, don't worry, peepers. We're coming at you with a little more. As we are going to have another episode out for you not too far from now. And just a reminder, if you haven't, if you aren't watching the video version now, go take a quick look over on the Just a Guy Network YouTube channel as we put a little Easter egg at the beginning. That's right. We also put out a, a food review for anybody who's watching who maybe isn't familiar with the Just a Guy Network. That's any any video versions of the podcast you can find on there. And occasionally Dan will pop into some of my food reviews as he did with this most recent episode in which we review the peanut butter crunch McFlurry in which Dane you play. <laughs> I play the peanut butter man. I play Peter butter. Yeah. The magical, uh, whimsical man who has all knowledge and seemingly all, uh, all magical powers re- revolving around peanut butter. Absolutely. And once again, thank, special thanks to Rev Horror for joining us for that uh, really heartfelt message. Thanks a lot, Rev. Awesome guy. Thehorrorrevolution.com. Yes, and check out our episode with him talking about They Live. That was a, a very fun episode to do. Absolutely. And rest in peace, Paul Rubens. Absolutely. 1952 to 2023. Great entertainer, he will be missed. Not as much as we will miss you, though, peepers, as we see you next time on the Creepy Peepers Podcast. Bye! to play in forever and ever and ever on that you have my word this has been a just a guy network audio production